All right. So emergency, emergency pod. Why? I don't know. Well, I mean, you texted me not too long ago. I was like, we have to record tonight. Did I say that? Yeah. Check your texts. <laughs> okay. I think it was more like, when do you want to record? Could we record tomorrow? Okay, let's see. SOS. <laughs> yeah. We need to get on the mics. Now, SOS does sound like me. I'll give you that. <laughs> I, use, I do overuse the SOS signal on text. But um, no, yeah, it was a scheduling issue, you know. I thought tomorrow would work. Elise was busy. So yeah. I was like, could you do it tonight? And he said, yeah. Okay. Here I am. But so, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, it's no secret that I was not a fan of this last week's uh, True Detective. Well, it's no secret to me and you. Well, hold on. It's a secret has just been revealed. You have a mustache, <laughs> and I was not expecting that. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you care? How to much e- are you, r- do you truly regretting the emergency <laughs> pod right now? <laughs> is this, is you come this? over, and I've got the worst case of hiccups I may have had in my adult life. Yeah, and a mustache. Is the mustache just like a Wednesday tryout thing, or I mean? How'd this happen? Um, well, there's this thing called shaving, mm-hmm. Keith. I don't know much about that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, how much motivation is there for anything we do in our lives? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. To me, having a mustache seems like more motivation than just growing out a beard. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's definitely, it's, it's, I would say it's slightly more intentional. Yeah, it's intentional. I, as much as anything is intentional, yep. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, okay. Hey, good for you. Thanks. Um, I kind of figure there's a part of me that's kind of like, I think I'm getting to an age where a mustache is appropriate, right? True. If you're ever going to have one right. in your life. Exactly. Right now. Also, if you look at like our group mm-hmm. of friends, there's nobody that has a mustache. Mm-hmm. So it's like, shouldn't there be somebody with a mustache you're in that group? You're willing to step up. Right. I'm you're willing st- to fill the void. <laughs> right? Yeah, you saw a spot that needed to be filled and you unasked, let me say. <clears throat> well, I think about these things, up. you know? And I also think there might also be an aspect to it that's like, this is like maybe a better indicator to people around me to be like, stay maybe away. I should stay away from this guy. Exactly. <laughs> I just, I'm curious to know, like, how long have you had it? I've literally shaved like tonight, probably an hour ago. I want you to count how many people throw out a nickname that they have for mustaches okay like it seems to me like you're going to be hearing a lot i'm sure it'll get a reaction at work exactly tomorrow. someone's gonna uh call it like uh i don't even know what a good like what some are yeah is a lip caterpillar something yeah i don't know well you're gonna hear a lot of those um so yeah it's no no secret that i didn't like this week's episode Right. So I thought uh, we could talk a little bit about 
stuff that's going on in my week because I'd rather okay. talk about that than I have some thoughts on True Detective. Okay. <clears throat> so first on this week, I think the big thing is um, a coworker came and spoke to me and uh, mentioned that they have kidney stones. Oh, right. And it exposed a lot of latent fears in my life and helped me connect a few like dots. Number one, the two things I drink almost exclusively is milk and cranberry juice. Right. And that was because as a kid, I loved milk. And then my, uh, and then I, I heard what uh, kidney stones were. And back then when I was a kid, uh, whoever it was told me that it's caused by a buildup of calcium. And so milk will cause kidney stones. Right. Which terrified me. And then I found out that cranberry juice helps move like urine through your system. Mm-hmm. And I figured that would, because I couldn't stop drinking milk. I loved milk. Oh, oh, right. Of course. That of course much. Not. Right. And I figured, well, I'll just drink cranberry juice and just keep it moving. Right. So it won't build up. Balance the scales. Well, talked to a coworker and found out that that's no longer the uh, the thought behind kidney stones, mm-hmm. and it's more about what foods you eat and not balancing the foods that you eat with other things. Like they they call it like oxidants or something mm-hmm. in the food, and it'll actually pull calcium from your bones. Which then causes the buildup Ugh. of calcium in the in the kidneys. Right. It's not necessarily because you're so much worse than it's just worse. having a calcium buildup from milk. <laughs> and and when I found what kidney stones were, I became like convinced that I would have them and right. terrified of them. And I keep thinking in my mind, like every day that passes, I'm one day closer to them being mm-hmm. like, Oh, kidney stones, here's a pill. Right. Just take that. And it honestly, I don't understand why we're not there already. I mean, the kidneys already process things you drink. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you could get stuff in there for it to process that would break down, I don't know, buildup of calcium that's mm-hmm. in there. So I don't know. Anyway, they went for a follow-up, and they're going in for surgery. And I said, well, couldn't they just do the laser thing? I know they have the laser thing. Right. They were like, yeah, but the laser thing is like not really scientific. It will break it up, but it's not that they, it's not like they can then tell you how small it is Mm -hmm. that they got it all. And then you still got pass it, Mm. you know? They're just like, this should work. Right. And so they're like, no, we got to go in. And the whole procedure sounds nightmarish. It still sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. It still is like, what I realize is we are in. The worst generation in terms of progress, technologically speaking, because it looks like we're living in the future, (laughs) but it's all just of like a thin veneer because we got these cell phones that are like computers, but one satellite goes down and we're off the grid and nothing will work, right? Right. Um, When it comes to uh, medical procedures, we're, we're still like... Uh, I don't know. We could blast it with a laser maybe, but yeah. who knows? And fundamentally, the, the, the process of surgeries are still basically like, yeah, we go in there and we rip it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we just hope we got it. And all. it's also incredibly expensive. 
incredibly which is expensive. an American thing, admittedly, but yeah. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You it's know, it's all being hamstrung by capitalism. <laughs> oh, we're we're gonna get there, <laughs> but uh, but you know, it, it again, like so many times, I do think like people living 150 years ago, like it made me think of that amazing episode of Deadwood where Swearingen passes a kidney stone. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. visceral. And it that I remember the first time I watched a show, I walked away and I was like, I will never forget yeah. Swearingen passing that kidney stone. Um, and it made me think about people like, you know, how people lived. And it did make me think, like, I think all of that was put in there. Our bodies breaking down, building up calcium, passing like spiky meteorites through our genitals Mm -hmm. all of that is so that we will welcome the sweet embrace of death (laughs) because without that right then we would want to live forever but (laughs) i'm gonna argue that i would still want to live forever even with kidney stones (laughs) going back 200 years it's like man you get to 70 years old You've got right. kidney stones. Your teeth are falling out of your head. You're ready. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't see well and no one can do anything for you. And you're just like, I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. But if you think about all the great dictators of the world, you know, what would make them want to stop dominating the planet? You know? Yeah. It's like kidney stones gout how many monarchs were hemmed in because they had gout and they just couldn't right. couldn't stand <laughs> couldn't to deal with taking over france right now <laughs> right. because their feet are are inflamed yeah. and they need to rub some mud they on. can't like, stop eating salmon <laughs> <laughs> right they gotta keep eating salmon it's like all these aches and pains and nightmares of the body probably protected human progress <laughs> sure <laughs> you know i think it, i think it plays a role and 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 maybe that's something that we need to consider as we start uh getting closer to eradicating some of this stuff mm-hmm. uh but i mean it's like somebody else was like oh i had kidney stones too and they had to go on morphine you know what i mean like yeah it's it sounds horrific yeah um oh i i also where i work there's a lot of older gentlemen and when they use the restroom next to me, it's a horror show. Oh, yeah. I, for the sensitivity of the listeners, it, it, is, it sounds painful yeah. to urinate. And I'm like, that's where I'm headed? <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd be like, you know, yeah, death is making a lot of sense. Right. Death made no sense when I was younger and didn't have a lot of pain. But, man, throw my back out, inflame my prostate a little bit, and right. give me a kidney stone? Well, the thing about it, too, and I know I mentioned this kind of as a joke, but that stuff with the way our society is structured is profitable for the people who already have a lot of money. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it is good business for them that that old man is not only still working, but like in pain while he does <laughs> it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like... You know, that that to me, I, I was just reading something. I can't, but it was today. I can't remember what it was exactly now, but it was kind of talking about that same idea. Oh, oh, I was, I was watching, uh, there was some like 
gif on reddit that was like wait hon i like i like that went from <laughs> i read i read something to there's a gif on they're, reddit they're, in a, they're interchangeable <laughs> at this point right <laughs> that's the that's the world we live in okay it's the same thing and it was these two uh black guys with like pants down to their knees like no i'm not exaggerating you know what i mean like dreadlocks um and they're helping this elderly couple into their car. And the, I mean, this elderly couple's like 80, 90 years old, can barely move, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's like a, it was like a, uh, a good humans moment. And these, and these old like people a, are going to drive themselves? Exactly. They can't exactly. move, but they can operate and a So vehicle? I go to the comments, and that's all. Of the, all of the comments are like, why are these people even driving? driving. <laughs> like, why are these people? Like, yes, it's great that, these guys, that they're being helped into their car. But, like, why are you also helping a 90-year-old into the driver's seat of a car? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But, like, that's the system that works, apparently, that only we can pull off, that forces this old, debilitated couple who should not be driving a car to have to drive down to a pharmacy to get their prescription. You know what I mean? It just is crazy. Yeah. So, um, so it's got me thinking about all that and th- Oh, did you see uh, news that <laughs> scientists, some scientists in Israel, say that they will uh, have a cure for cancer this year? Oh, really? <laughs> what I love is I, I didn't really investigate, but I just kind of looked at some headlines. And the headlines are all like that. It seems like the press release was, hey, we'll have a cure for cancer. Yeah. And it immediately made me think, like, well, which one? Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there are multiple kinds of cancer, yeah. as far as I understand, the layman. Uh, and to me, it seems like way to broadcast your snake oil, like, <laughs> right. right from the get-go, yeah. you know? Well, there seems to be a couple of, one of those headlines every couple of years. Yeah, yeah. The Onion has a really good headline where they're like... um. So yeah, something just about like annual breakthrough, cancer breakthrough, announced. You know, never to be heard from again. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that comes up. Seems to come up a lot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I I feel like there's no escape. Like for us, we're not going to escape it. We are, you know, maybe a hundred years or so from either the whole world just being a ball of fire. Right. Or People being like, kidney stones, just drink the shake. Right. We're going to be the last generation that's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, they I all got, the they all the got wiped out by cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and then we discovered this. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, yep, there's that this week. Um, my, on, my, my ongoing mission to get blocked by Ben Shapiro uh-huh. is in full effect. Still unsuccessful? Well, here's the thing. I, I f- I'm doing this um, a principled way. I want to earn my block. I okay. don't want to just put a bunch of vulgarity out there and throw it his right. way and have him yeah. be like, block. Yeah. I want him to, in some small way, think to himself, my quality of life will be better. <laughs> if I just push this button and block this guy. Sure. And 
I I have um I have a pin tweet about him. Right. So if he ever clicks on me, he'll see that. Mm-hmm. I've responded to two of his tweets. I've sent one to him just from me. Uh-huh. Unbidden. And well, actually, and then I just replied to another one of his. Yeah. Tonight. So I'm 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 testing, you know, the uh the walls. Right. Looking for a for a um a weak point. Yeah. Um tonight, right before I guess maybe I also I don't do this like every day. Cause again, I don't I want it to be earned. I want it to be like occasionally I'm there, but uh-huh. when I'm there, I'm very annoying. Um, what I did today was like, what I see is like just one brick in the wall that I'm building. This is not an attack on him. Okay. But he tweeted my wife parentheses Mm -hmm. who comma it is rumored comma is a doctor and parentheses already to like, yeah, I mean, it's it's the saddest way to show off right. is to have grammar in your tweets. You have 140 characters. You know what I mean? No oh, I one, thought they bumped that up. Uh, wh- wh- whatever. You have a limited amount of space. Nobody cares about your grammar. And right. no one is going to sit back and be like, wow, great grammar on this tweet. You know? Mm. But this is something that he cares about. And it's completely ridiculous, sure. right? This is my wife. Who it should have said my wife parentheses Borat voice. Exactly. <laughs> he misses the Borat voice. I mean, he's he's completely out of his element here on Twitter. You can yeah. you can already see that, right? So my wife, who it is rumored is a doctor, there's a there's a joke for him, right? Stayed up all night with my five year old because my girl has a brutal cough due to flu. Parentheses. Tonight is my turn. My wife then got up and went to work to care for her patients. That's feminism, not murdering babies outside the womb. Mm, Okay. He follows it up. If your definition of feminism is the free and willful, willful, willful murder of born alive infants, who who is, uh, you're not a feminist. You're barely deserve the title human being. Mm. Okay. And then he corrected your to you. Mm. So I just replied, what a boring rumor. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I I was like, I could have said what a boring ass rumor. Mm -hmm. But again, I just, to me, that's like a drop of water on his head. Yeah. You, uh, I think your next goal should be to be the like first one to reply. Right. That's that. That was something there. Like, no, not a lot of people had responded by that. Right. And so I, I, I was like, this is it. You know what I mean? Like, one of the first ones. Yeah. And just think, being like, I think that has to be the next escalation. Right. Right. Uh, I check his Twitter every now and then, maybe a couple times a week. Or when like some big news breaks to sort of Mm -hmm. see what that side is saying about it. And it has gotten to a point 
now to where it's like not even a meme anymore. Every other one of his tweets is about AOC. Every single other one. And it just is like, wow. <laughs> what is going on here, Ben? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a thing where um, I think the Chapo guys talked about this. And their theory was, I'm going to bastardize it, but their theory was basically like, all the people obsessing about AOC are used to being turned on by one type of woman who you can find on Fox News <laughs> who gives them both the sexual turn on that they're looking for and the political agreement that they crave and desire. Right. Here is an attractive woman affirming the things that I believe and therefore I'm not as lonely as, a, as everyone says I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm... Uh, uh, and I get this like double pleasure of watching this attractive woman just like regurgitate my views back to mm -hmm. me. Then they have somebody who arouses them sexually, but politically is saying things that they hate. And so it creates this dissonance in their bodies. It's like a chemistry response. Mm -hmm. And they, it just drives them wild. Yeah. Because they're like, I'm so turned on by this person and I hate everything that they say. And they can't modulate, you know? They have no framework for that. And so it's just spiking them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is like, I think that that's true. I think that there's underneath it, there's a weird sexual thing mm -hmm. that's fueling this obsession. Because the stuff that these people even say about her, like, aren't true. I that was actually the last thing that I commented to him was a, a an AOC tweet that he had mm -hmm. um where he so she went on Colbert and then the news after it was um AOC gives zero Fs. The mm -hmm. Hill was like it was like tweeting mm -hmm. about Dems coming for her. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And she just tweeted the next day. She was like, that's not what I said. I didn't say that. And um and then the context was Colbert said, How many Fs do you give? Mm -hmm. And she said, Yeah, um, zero. And so <laughs> so Ben Shapiro jumps jumps on. And he's like, types out the whole transcript. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, he typed this all out. You right. know what I mean? He types out the whole transcript, uh -huh. breaks it in everything. Uh, and then he says, so your complaint is idiotic. Uh -huh. As per usual. That's how he ends his tweet. As per usual. Who says that anymore? <laughs> but then also, he... He would object about the same thing. Right, yeah. He's the person. Yeah. If somebody said, Ben Shapiro says he gives zero Fs about, you know, abortion doctors living, he'd be like, oh, that's not what I said. Yeah. Because the moderator would say, hey, how many Fs do you give about the last abortion clinic that was blown up? He'd be like, oh, zero. Yeah, that's the exact, like, pedantry that they've built their entire oh, careers around. Totally. Yeah. So it doesn't even make sense. Like, it is just a gut reaction of like i'm i am so again confused by this person 
she's making me feel so many things that I don't like. Mm-hmm. I just have to respond. And I said, on a scale from one to infinite, how many baby Hitlers do you want to save? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't respond to that. So. That's good, yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, it's steady as she goes. Yeah. The, the problem they have is his tweets are usually so stupid already that you can't, like, go dumber at him. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's already, like, slumming it pretty low. Mm. So you got to find another angle on there. Yeah, speaking of slumming it, True Detective, episode four. Halfway through, right? Yeah. What was it called? The It, it was so it was based on that verse, uh, you know, no one knows the hour and the day. Oh. So it was like the hour and the day. Oh, okay. I think. Something like that. And then the next one is going to be out on Friday. Is it? Yeah, I think so because of the Super Bowl. So they're releasing it early on HBO Go or now. Okay. Yippee. That's what I saw on the subreddit, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday, Velvet Buzzsaw gets released. Oh, really? I think I'll be watching that. Yeah, I'll probably wa- watch it. It's not um, too scary. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode was directed by uh, Nick Pizzolatto. Yeah. We got the full... Nick experience. Right. The full piz. Um, I feel like I feel like in just a little bit that I've seen or heard, some people are are feeling like David Milch had more to do with the writing of this episode. Hmm. Um, but anyway, whether that's true or not, I, I do have to say, starting from the positives, okay. There were parts of the writing that really stood out that I liked. And not just writing, but again the directing. Mm-hmm. Like there's that line where um, Hershali is in the car and he's talking about his buddy in Vietnam mm-hmm. and Stephen Dorff is like, what happened to him? He's looking out the window and he just goes. Phew. Yeah. It is such a lame, dumb <laughs> line. <laughs> But Mahershala pulls it off. Oh, really? I didn't think he did. I thought oh, it was bad all around. <laughs> it made me think, like, wow, that was really bad. Yeah. But man, he Mahershala does it isn't making me like roll my eyes. See like, that that for me was was the epitome of a moment where it's like, if they just had a good director, that moment would have been perfect. And I get what they're going for. You know what I mean? Hmm. If they just would have had. Jeremy Saulnier still on the crew, still directing the episodes. This would have worked. It it also goes for the line where he's fighting with his wife. Yes, she's like, "What are you gonna do? Hit me?" He says, <laughs> "No, I'm gonna start crying." Well, I like that. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. like it. Yes, I like that twist. Right, but <coughs> man, it just doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because, and I feel like this goes to the broader issues of the episode. To me, it's all contained in that fight with his wife that ends in them having sex. Right. Where you have these heightened emotions. Like it goes from zero to 60. He's cursing at her. Mm-hmm. She's cursing at him. The kids are watching TV. She storms out of the room. 
He follows her. He turns up the volume. Mm -hmm. He's really going to go for it. And you're like, oh, they're going to work some stuff out. I'm interested in this because at this point, I don't really understand her either. I, right. I, I don't understand her character. I don't understand. Like, it's creepy the way that she went over to the, mo to the mother's house bringing those box of the kids stuff. Mm -hmm. Seemingly unannounced. Like I need more setup for that. Cause it seemed like she just popped on over. Well, with a box she of said stuff. something about she said something like I said, yeah, I'm the teacher. Right. I said, but to me it's, it felt like she instigated that whole thing. Yeah. And then she sure. does bring up and it's like the, the mother rightly calls her out on it. Uh, but again, I think, she was trying to play it off like she was shocked that it went this way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, yeah, you're, you're creepy and you're inserting yourself in weird ways and you're weirdly connected to this thing. And I don't see how you would be involved. I don't see the story structure of how she is like the killer. Oh, Hayes' wife, you mean? Yeah. What's her name? Teacher. Lucy is the is the kid's mom. Hmm. I don't remember what her name is though. Yeah. I mean that that's the thing. I don't have a sense of her. And at this point, I don't really care. You yeah. know what I mean? And and if anything, like tonally, the most are crying, let's have sex, and then it's all over didn't work tonally. But if you're if you're then gonna try and put forward that anytime she got backed into a corner. She would just use whatever she had to get herself out of it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, let's just have sex and then we'll move on. I don't care about that character. Then, then yeah. you, you know, like you're not hiding it well enough. And I'm seeing her as being like a weirdly motivated character. Yeah. And therefore I don't like her. I, I just don't, I just don't get what they're doing with the wife. Yeah. No, I agree completely. Um, it, that, I was thinking about the same thing and it reminded me of an issue that I had with the last episode that I forgot to bring up. And I imagine has to do with the change, changing of directors as well is that I feel like after the first two episodes, they lose any sort of even facade of like transitioning into the different timelines. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like in the first two episodes, you have very clever transitions. And I understand maybe you can't keep that up for an entire series, but they did it for the first two episodes, I felt like. Whereas with this, these last two, it feels completely arbitrary. It feels like there's no purpose behind having the three multiple timelines like out of order at all. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the first two, it kind of felt like, okay, this is like a play on memory, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I also find it interesting that we don't get, and again, I understand that maybe this is just sort of a result of the way they're telling the story, but as the viewer, I don't get really any sort of signs of her being like unstable until they are 10 plus years into their relationship. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the first blow up we see between him and his wife and you get this impression of oh she's like maybe she's like something's a little off and you don't get that until you know they've been married for 10 years and so as a viewer that i don't know that seemed to, like you're saying it seemed a little strange and it also starts to seem a little arbitrary which is like oh they're just this is just a 
they're just doing this to like mix the story up, I guess. Just yeah. one more red herring to throw in there. I want to toot my own horn. I, I don't think I remember when I was saying I was like, crap, I'm not doing a good job of explaining this. But in our first episode, I brought up the fact that I felt like Jeremy Saulnier did great a great job transitioning to the timelines and keeping it clear. Yeah. Through subtle but smart ways. Right. Uh, and I don't think I was able to articulate exactly how he did it other than just to recognize that it worked. And now you're right. It doesn't work. It's yeah. jarring from, you know, time period to time period. There's no kind of um, momentum or flow in and out of them. It just happens. And then, yeah, same thing. Like, with her, the only thing that we get, and this was the second episode that they did it, she was like, you know, I had my troubles or whatever. I wasn't always like this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like really blunt. I used to be bad or something. Right, yeah. And and Hayes is like, oh, we all have our past yeah. forever. And it's like, is that really is that really like the signposting that they're doing? Is like she's like, yeah, I have problems. Right. And then we're gonna find out that she like has dissociative identity disorder in the next episode or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just it's just really not handled well she's not handled well at all i think yeah in this season even though i think that she's doing a great job as an actress it's just the lines that they're giving her and the and the the situations they're putting her in like it just doesn't make sense and you end up on Hayes' side and one of my problems last week was why is Hayes taking this um this case back up so quickly and then this week's starts with him coming home. And he's all excited. He's like, hey, I'm back on the case. Mm-hmm. I can get back into murder. I can get, you know, blah, blah, blah. and she's like, oh, now you're happy. And I was like, yeah. Why? Why is he so happy now? <laughs> right. And he's like, you can't be happy for. I was like, yeah. what, what do you, you two have just like switched sides and complete motivations. Right. And it's uh, what it's I don't understand what's going on at all. Yeah. Um. I also before I forget, I want to bring up. You had a really good point to make, which was when Hayes comes in and turns up the volume. No, it's after, after they start having after sex. After they start having sex, it cuts back to the kids <laughs> who are watching TV and they like are smirking at each other. It's just like, this is weird. I don't know if this is like a strange attempt at like levity or it was so bizarre. Are you trying to tell me like they're used to this happening? Oh, it just was really gross. I want to know the the direction that they gave the kids because I want to be like, were they trying to get the sense that like the kids don't know what's going on? Right. And the kids just didn't know how to play. Hey, you don't know what's going on, but you're kind of, so you're kind of looking at each other like, what, what are we hearing? And the kids just didn't understand that direction. They were like, let's just smile at each other right. and like wink, wink at you know, like, Yeah. Yeah, that was such a bizarre cutaway and so, like you said, just gross. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, again, I feel like it's like a perfect representation of the blind spots that Nick Pizzolatto has where he's just writing what he's writing and he's not able to kind of like have that outsider's perspective to be like, that's too far. Mm-hmm. Or that's silly, you know, or maybe you'll have to like go back and rework that scene to make it work. Cause what you got from those kids right. is not good. Yeah. 
Um, you also have this scene, uh, I think it's towards the end of the episode, where he goes to visit the uh, director. And so I'm assuming they're setting that up to be like, because she's, well, I'm assuming they're setting up to where like she's having an affair with his son. Wait, what? Because he goes to visit the director, right? The, the woman director. Oh, at, yes. At the end of the episode. Yeah. And she's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm alone. But she's got two, two, wine wine, two wine glasses out. And then in the earlier series, there's like a couple questions about like, how do you know this woman? And the son is always just like, oh, don't worry about it. Well, I like yeah. brushes it off. So I'm assuming that's coming up. So the, the one thing I, was, I came away from after this episode was the directing is still bad. Yep. I, but I'm still on board with where the story is going, mm. even though I feel like I was really hoping that this episode started like moving stuff forward instead of introducing a bunch of new stuff, which is what it actually did. But, you know, some of that well, I, I was interested enough to like keep keep to going, be yeah. involved and keep up with. But. I, I, I'm, I'm just sort of at this point, I'm just sort of assuming that like. I'm okay with the story. I just wish it had a better director. Mm -hmm. But in this next episode, it needs to do something. Stuff has to start tying together and wrapping up. And even though it seems inevitable, I really don't want the affair storyline. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I want, I don't want anything new. Mm -hmm. I want you to start tying this stuff together now, please. And that's also not how the first season went either, because there was nothing, nothing got tied up in that first season to like the last two episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see. But well, I, I totally agree. I mean, we know uh, <clears throat> Friday's episode is going to start with a bang. Mm hmm. Um, but I feel like. With this episode, you introduce the. The man with the one dead eye. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one thing I did like, I did like the racist white lady who makes the dolls. Sure. I liked how they wrote her racism to be something that she both understands and knows. And also, you could see claiming some plausible deniability about. Which I feel like is the way that most of the racism is expressed. By a lot of people that I've seen. It is racism. Yeah. But with this. It's veiled as ignorance. Veiled as ignorance and veiled. But then you, you get that stare at the end mm -hmm. where he's looking at her. She just stares It's like back. she wants to be challenged. And you, and, yeah. you get, and you get the sense like she's like, oh, she knows what she's, right. what she's doing. She does not like this man being in her house. Yeah. And she's not like these black. And I was like, that's good. Then they go to the guy's house, and I kind of like, again, I like what they do, but you haven't set that up as a theme of this season, and you haven't set up his partner being, I think, like, overtly racist enough for me mm -hmm. to, like, understand the clean delineations of how Hayes sees himself in this department. Although there is that sense of like, he knows that he is other mm -hmm. <coughs> and little looks <clears throat> when he like gives commands from other people where, yeah, they're just not accepting them as, as, as well. Right. <coughs> <coughs> I 
but it, it's it's not you, you haven't established that as a main theme and so again they take the guy in fine i, I kind of like the idea that he's like <clears throat> everyone watch what they're doing to me and the and the uh neighborhood is really suspicious of cops mm-hmm. but like where does that go then you know what I mean? Like he doesn't seem to be a a true suspect, right? They they seemingly don't find anything in his house. He convinced me that he seems pretty innocent. He's just a guy who's working a lot, and you know he's a black guy with a dead eye, so he stands out. Yeah. And if they don't go anywhere with that, <clears throat> that was a very long scene and a very long red herring to chase. Right. For that payoff. Which I feel like you already put in your show enough. You didn't need to signpost it that way. Um, so yeah, and then and then we just go back into like they're on. Uh, oh, he's arguing with his wife, and then we get the trash man who runs and sets up his uh, house. Um, and it just didn't move. Like you said, it didn't tie anything together. Yeah. It just kind of, ooh, look at this theme. Look what we can do over here. And uh, and now I do want like a tightened, tightened up story about the mystery. Mm-hmm. Get us through this thing. Make it interesting. Yeah, I think, again, I think that scene at the trailer park suffers because of the lack of directing, <laughs> good directing. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of really subtle stuff in there that becomes very unsubtle when you have Nick Pizzolatto direct writing and directing it. Uh, but I think maybe to the point that you mentioned during the first two episodes is I could very easily see that being a part of sort of that Jacob Wetterling mm-hmm. comparison where it's like these guys are just spending all of their time doing the wrong things. Now, I don't know if that's what he's going for. It seems pretty contrary to the picture that they've painted of both the detectives, right. frankly, that they right. both seem to be, if not highly competent, then very well regarded. You know what I mean? Uh, competent and also following real leads. I right. mean, like, yeah. those dolls are a lead. They they tracked it down. But, but I could have I could see that playing that scene playing out a lot better with a director who knows how to handle that nuance and can sort of lead the scene in a direction that's like we show up to this place, it seems like a credible lead, and it very quickly gets out of hand because of the racial stuff. Yeah. And you're left feeling like maybe a bit of an adrenaline rush because you didn't know if they'd get out there or not without like something major happening. But you also are like unclear of like who this guy was or if he was involved. Instead you get out of there, like knowing they're going to get out of there mm-hmm. knowing that like, like seeing what they're going for plain as day with the, with the whole setup. And yeah, like walking maybe like, yeah, that guy is like, why were they there? <laughs> Yeah. This guy obviously has nothing to do with what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but I did like when they're driving away, one of the like few Stephen Dorff scenes that I've actually liked, because I'm seeing everything as like Stephen Dorff is like saving this show. Like his performance is amazing. I don't care for him that much, to be oh, honest. I like him. 
Um, but the one scene of his I did like, or the one moment was when Hayes was kind of started like pushing back again. He asks him like, would you have shot one of those guys oh, if yeah, I was yeah, yeah. white or whatever? And at one point he's like, he does the, like the, 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 the reverse where he's like, uh, no, because they're, they're black. It makes me think even more about shooting him. Mm-hmm. If they were white, I would have shot him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought that was. Um. Well pointed, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, well, uh, well played. Well played, yeah. Um, the other thing that I want to say is the ghosts visiting Hayes when he's older. Oh, that was bad. That was so bad. That was really bad. It has an a neat little thing where it's like, I guess you don't know. I, I guess we're assuming the ghosts are like all the people he killed in the war. Well, but then I, there's also like the guy in the business, business suit. Suits. And I guess there was like a kid or something in there. Yeah, so I don't I, know. I think they're just like figures that are haunting. Yeah. And they saw die or whatever. Um, that was bad. That was very bad. That was very bad. Um, so anyway, there's my, that, that honestly, I think is the extent of my thoughts on episode four. Did the, did the visit with the mother make you feel any different about her involvement? No, she's not involved. Because she repeats a line from the ransom note. She does? Yes. Word for word, children should laugh. Which was a line from the ransom, from the, from the, not ransom, but the note that says, like, just stop, whatever. Children should laugh, as it says in the note, and she says it in her thing. I I remember her now saying children should laugh. Maybe that stood out to me, but no, it didn't make me think that she was in, involved yeah I, I think i would agree if again i mean the, the, that's the pro another problem is everything has been has felt like a red herring so far so it's like if ever something has to be holding water here right so <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna stick with the one with the <laughs> mother all right I'm, I'm gonna stick with the wife Billionaires are bad. Yeah. The the existence of billionaires is sign of an unhealthy society. It's a fail yeah, it's a failure. It's a failure. It's a failure. And what I find so funny is I think that you can unite almost everybody with that idea of like is endless wealth a good thing mm-hmm. and people will be like mm, no i've got a conversation <laughs> with my brother to show you <laughs> we have been going at it this week i, I just don't so he, here's the thing that i don't understand right at some point in wealth i think i made this point on this podcast before where oh jeff bezos right announced his divorce on social oh, media right, yeah and i was like at what point in wealth do I need to announce mm-hmm. my marital status to the world? Yeah. Like, when does that need to happen? And at what point in wealth do you become an honorary good person? 
Like th- that right. that's the only yeah. explanation for people who say like billionaires are good. They have to fundamentally buy into the fact that anyone who has a billion or more dollars is good. Mm-hmm. Right? Because number two, that they deserve it. Mm-hmm. Where in one lifespan, think about what you would have to do to earn a billion dollars. Yeah. <coughs> And it's like the only thing I can think of are like people who heal diseases, right? And doctors and medical professionals and whatevers. Even if you say industry changers, you invent the computer. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You get a billion dollars. You still have not eliminated all the billionaires. In, in, in my mind, I think you'd probably still have the majority of billionaires who are hedge fund managers, Dan Snyder. I posted something about Dan Snyder and somebody's like, yeah, not too bad for a guy who worked his way up from the bottom or wherever mm-hmm. started his own company, let alone he had seed money from his dad and all this other stuff. He started a telemarketing company. He, he started a marketing that did like, again, telemarketing and things like that. Right. He didn't invent anything to help society and the guy who bought the penthouse in new york for 238 million dollars or whatever who isn't using it as his primary residence he's a hedge fund manager Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like these are not based on what they've done they're not what i would refer to as like the salt of the earth like right the best that we got and so you you have to buy in that they're good people you have to buy in that they deserve that much money for managing other people's money or whatever else. Um, and, and you have to like, like you have to be subservient to them. Like you have to believe in them in a way that is like, <clears throat> they are better than me mm-hmm. and they deserve that position, that place. And I don't deserve what they have. And what they have, and this is, I think, where people run off in their crazy, you know, like fantasies to to, to think like they're coming after my bed sheets and my pillows in mm-hmm. my bed. It's like, no, what we're talking about is access to health care, you know, access to housing, access to child care in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Like here in the in the middle class area. Like, we could not have another child for the sheer cost of it. Right. Child care alone is, forget medical bills. Yeah. Who's watching my son? It's because in, right yeah. now, after school care is insane. Yeah. And we, so We were just looking at, because this is going to be our first summer where I'm at this new job, so I'm at, I'm at work full time, whereas before I was working from home two days of the week. And so we're trying to figure out, you know, my mom, she's almost 70. She's not going to be able to watch two, these two girls for nine hours a day, five days a week. And I wouldn't want her to, I wouldn't, you know, she would do it, but I I don't want to ask her to do that. You know? So we're like looking at like what we can do. It's like $1,600 a month (laughs) just to have them both in summer camp. I mean, I don't know how people afford it. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's like, this is what we say, or this is what we mean when we say 
we want what you guys have. Again, I don't want a mansion. Like you give right. me eight thousand more dollars a year. Right. And I'm shutting up. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? But oh healthcare. Universal healthcare. Right. Well, the, the and the problem too is, I mean, this is ex- exactly what I've been talking with my brother with. Because I to no surprise to anybody, have deleted all of my social media. Again? <laughs> Again. You're back off. Okay. I'm back off of it. But I I deactivated my Facebook account so I could keep using Messenger. One of the reasons is because I'm like still trying to like coordinate with Leeford's wife and family to, you know, whatever. And the other one is because my brother Kurt and I have been he's been messaging me a lot mm-hmm. about this stuff. And so we're going back and forth and anyways, and but that's the thing. And I think I would I think it's probably a small distinction, but I think I would change the word deserve to earned because deserve is a bit like but but a lot of these too are like with Trump they're children of I wealthy yeah, people. I understand but 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 my but the people who are defending them don't make that distinction and and they will tell you that Jeff Bezos has earned every penny that he's wor- that he's worth and I think there's a little bit of a distinction dis- distinction between earned and uh, deserved but I would argue that it is literally impossible to earn that much money. Um, so, we, you know, we have a difference of opinion in what oh, the word earn means and what you can and cannot earn, quote unquote. But I lost the I lost the thread. What, what, I, I, what, I, lost, what, I forgot. I totally forgot what I was, where I was going with that. What, what, what was Kurt? What like what's his defense? His defense is basically. The the person who's working just above minimum wage also they're not hardworking enough. That. They don't care. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they're they're not hardworking enough. They are not dedicated enough to to a person like all those workers. Unless y- y- yes, you what you are getting is exactly what you deserve. That's what he believes, and it's and it's the fault of nobody but your own. There are no societal factors, nothing. It is 100% on your shoulders. It's the the definition of the bootstrap theology or whatever. Again, like I had a friend growing up who almost killed himself a few times because he had this idea that like he could just overcome whatever obstacle presented itself. Mm and. That included his health. So he would have a cold and he'd literally be like, well, got played through this cold. Right. And we'd go and we'd play basketball all day long. Then the next day he'd be like, let's do it again. And I'd come over the next day and he literally would need help like standing up. And then he'd be like, let's go. And then he'd go <laughs> and next day he'd be like, let's do it again. And I'd come over and be like, you're barely breathing. Yeah. Your heartbeat is barely pumping. Like we need to get you somewhere. It's like, wow, he has pneumonia. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <clears throat> and for the people who say like bootstraps and all that stuff, we are affected by factors of the weather, right. of our health. 
no one can say my trajectory is this and I'm going to will that to happen and execute that flawlessly without other things coming in, interrupting it. Right. Yeah. And just some interruptions are greater than others. How do you not afford somebody the opportunity to have a different life experience than you had? Right. You know what I mean? Like, but, but again, there's no ability to be like, well, I can work on a car. Someone else can figure out how to work on a car. Right. And, and not understand like, does everybody have to know how to work on a car then? Like, no, right? So mm-hmm. this guy doesn't know how to work on his car. And so he had to take it to a shop and pay more money that then he didn't have. And, he, and it affected him more than you who gets to, you know, go to the junkyard and know how to change whatever right. that piece out is, right? Yeah. So it's like, I'm not looking at that guy and being like, I know how to do this skill. You don't. You're worse than me. Like, it's, it's all based on, again, like this hierarchy where fundamentally it's like they are better than us or like a person who is who 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 a person can make more than me is fundamentally better than me right mm-hmm. like that 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 has to be true it's like how can anybody be okay with that yeah philosophy that that fundamentally that's what you're saying and you're basically saying like i am subservient to the people who have the most yeah yeah, and I, th- well, I think what I was trying to address earlier is that, and what gets, and what the misrepresentation of the other position is by, you know, Ben Shapiro and all those dummies, is that we're not asking for, we're not asking to also be billionaires. We're not asking right. you to take a billion dollars from Jeff Bezos right. and give it to me. What we want is the, the floor to be brought up. You know what I mean? To, for there to be better opportunity for people. And you, um, to do that through, you know, not, not from taking money from people and giving it to other people, from appropriate taxes on the ultra-rich, on whoever, to build a better social safety net, on more uh, unions, you know, better organized labor to, uh, I don't know, maybe share the profits that the labor is helping create instead of this, you know, the bootlicker mentality of mm-hmm. you get paid exactly what you deserve and the market will tell you what that right. is. When in reality, it's the rich guys determining yeah. what best, what is best for their profit margin right. you know what i mean and 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 you and then you get no say say and you get no you get nothing out of the profits that you create i mean that's another one of the big the big talking points is uh well you're expendable you're this is the guy creating the positions this is the guy doing it well that thing doesn't exist unless i put it together and sure yeah. you can get somebody else to put it together but eventually you'll run out of somebody else mm-hmm. and if we're talking about a moral society, that's not the point anyways. The point is, how can he best serve his employees, yeah. right? Instead, with the capitalism thing, it just is all, it's purely, you know, it's purely profit-driven. Obviously, that's the whole point. Uh, and I mean, and, and the, the prime example of that is, and, you know, Julia doesn't like me talking about Apple, but Apple's the best 
case, mm-hmm. uh, or at least the one that I'm most familiar with, Apple is literally the most profitable company in the world. They're worth trillions of dollars. <laughs> and yet they're they underfund their stores. They don't pay well. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. at, at what point do you say, hey, you know what? A trillion dollars is okay. We don't need to, <laughs> we don't need to like. Another trillion. Right. We don't need to maximize that. We don't need to like bring that. We don't need to keep the arrow, keep pointing up. We can plateau to a trillion dollars. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But instead, it's still, they're still trying to squeeze every little penny out. And again, the, that trillion dollars in profits not going to the employees in the stores. They're not getting raises, right, outside of healthcare costs. They're not hiring more people to serve the ridiculously long lines in the store, right? All of those profits go to the handful of people who right. own, who sit in the boardroom or whatever. Yeah. And those lines help free marketing because there's a line around the block so yeah it just is crazy and again like we said it's not i'm I'm not we're not asking for everyone gets a million dollars we're taking hey maybe instead of your company being worth a trillion dollars you can be worth maybe a billion dollars which is still an unreasonable amount of money that you will never know what to do with and you can pay all of the people that work for you a lot better here's here's just one example right Here's my fantasy. The billionaire over a company sits down and they say, okay, I know where our headquarters are. I know where our distribution centers are. All I can, I can map where my company reaches, right? What I want is I want a workup of median kind of, not, not even median, sal- median salaries, but I would say, I want people from this company to go there and work me up what people would be spending if they lived in these areas and they had one kid to three kids, right? I want no kids to three kids. You could very easily run an economic rundown and get an idea of, hey, on average, what we found is our employees come in with a bachelor's degree. Average student debt from a university, $30,000, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, we looked, and, and housing cost is, is usually here. Uh, you know, child care, we, we ran that and all that stuff. And then the number is, you know, their household would have to earn $80,000 to live based on our, you know, mock-up. Mm-hmm. You use that number as the baseline salary for what you then offer your employees in that area or like across the board or whatever. You know what I mean? You could very easily do your own mock-up on what is a livable wage for people who are living in in the areas of of my company and then just match it. And if Mm. you're making a trillion dollars, I don't think it's going to ding it that much. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. think you're, you're going to be like, what? We're do- we lost $500 billion? No, it's going to be the incremental changes that you and I are right. talking about here. Like, <clears throat> come up with the automobile costs that, that I have to put into my t- 
10 plus year old car now mm-hmm. and my childcare costs and my student loans. That's the big one. You know what I mean? If you wanted to make the economy significantly better, you would, er- you could just erase student loans. Mm-hmm. Whatever number student loans are at, if the billionaires wanted to get together and they're like, everyone throw a, you know, two million in the pot. Mm-hmm. And you, you take that and you're like, pay down whatever existing student loans for graduated students right now. You would see the economy like totally open up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if I had, and for me, it's, it could be debilitating. For somebody else, looking at $25,000 debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a speeding ticket. That's a speeding ticket. Mm-hmm. That is, you, Dan Snyder's yacht could wipe out so much student debt <laughs> from people who have tried to pay it off and who have, you know, make it student loan debt of 10 years or older, graduated in 10 years ago. Because mm-hmm. you know those people have, been working and trying and whatever, right? It's just, it's just it's just insane that like nobody's sitting there and saying, how do we how do we fix this society? I mean, our school systems are broken. I just I'm not seeing it. And Dan Snyder buys a yacht with an IMAX screen in it. <laughs> right. An IMAX screen. Yeah. You know, oh man, but I'm just not seeing. I mean, um, you know, I saw a report where they closed a, a hospital in a rural area, and the headline was basically just like, "Yeah, these people need this hospital," but it wasn't seen as profitable, and they just mm-hmm. let it shut down. Yeah, well, that's the other thing too, where it's like, health- <laughs> I don't think healthcare should be a profits-driven industry. Like, why is that a capitalist <laughs> yeah. industry? Health care, like insurance. I don't think that was meant to be like uh, profitable a profitable service the industry. CEOs, right. Um, anyway, I have a coworker who's moving. She's applying for some jobs. Found a higher ed job through the University of North Carolina. Uh-huh. Full time, 40 hours a week. Master's degree preferred. Salary is twenty eight thousand dollars. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I I was like, I was like, don't. Uh, I was like, you shouldn't even. Interview. She's like, it'll be you know good practice for, you know, real jobs. That's nuts. It is criminal, because what you're doing with that salary. Is you're basically saying, who's desperate enough to take this? And if you're desperate enough, we'll use you. You know what I mean? Nobody, nobody is making a livable wage off of 28,000 who has a master's degree working in higher education. And not not only that, you're talking about like North Carolina, like what do those schools have wrapped up in in basketball costs? Like hundreds of millions of dollars? (laughs) This isn't a small like private school. This is UNC. Right. And and they're offering 28 a year 
for somebody, preferably with the masters. Right. I was like, your first question to them in your interview needs to be, how long has this position been open? It's like nineteen seventy five. Has this ever been filled? Right. Has this um application not been updated for forty years? <laughs> <laughs> I there was something weird when you guys sent me a paper form <laughs> and just crumpling the dust when I started trying to write on it. Yeah. Boy, that's that's crazy. Yeah. But it's like perfect example. Yeah. Perfect example. They they somebody looked and they said, Yeah. 2019, master's degree, 28,000, posted. A-OK. They deserve it.